everyone, and welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thank you for joining us for our special Thanksgiving sermon on A Heart of Thanks. I'm, uh, I had an interesting morning. I woke up and had no speaking voice. <clears throat> it's getting back, but um, today we're talking about thankfulness, and before I say anything, I'll say I'm thankful for a band that when I show up and tell them everything's changed, they're ready to roll. And for phones going off, let's just point her out. I'm just kidding. Um, we, uh, I'm really thankful for these guys because when I woke up, I felt great. And the first words I said to my wife, I said, oh, oh no, this is going to be rough because singing was not going to happen. So I'm so thankful for these guys. You know, these have been crazy times for all of us um, this last year. And I hope this week you had some time for Thanksgiving, either to, to be with family or at least to rest, to reflect on maybe what you learned from the Lord in the time that you were uh, trapped in your house or didn't know uh, what was going on. I remember in those early days for me, um, I remember telling my kids, hey, we're stuck in the house, but we're lucky because we like each other. Because there's lots of families who are stuck in a house and they don't like each other. And we had fun. Do you remember the spring? Do you remember how beautiful the spring was? I mean, it's hard to even remember that because we were so distracted. And the beauty of the Lord just all around. And we'd walk in the park just as a family. And just my thankfulness to who God was um, really grew in that time to where I was able to, um, things did not slow down for us at all. We were scrambling uh, from day one as a church to figure out how do we do this? Uh, how do we do church, right? And so I had to learn a whole bunch of skills, and so there was a lot of that. But we worked together more in my house, and that was a gift. It really was. And that time was also a gift for us as a, as a church staff. We really bonded over um, the creativity of how do we change ministry for this period of time? How do we do things a little bit differently? And um, it was a gift, you know, and I think living a life of thankfulness is so important. In fact, the scripture is bathed in it, right? In Psalm 100, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, going into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good, right? In Psalm 50, it says, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Just consider that for a second, right? It's a sacrifice to bring your thanksgiving. You know why that would be true in the Lord's eyes? Because to live a thankful life is to take your eyes off yourself for a moment and realize what he's done and what he's doing, looking for him in the moments that sometimes you feel alone and you feel scared. You're looking for him and saying, God, I know you're doing something. I might not understand it, but I know you're here. Because I've remembered, I've seen what you've done in my past. Did you hear my voice crack just then? Past, right? That's going to happen. We can laugh. It's okay. I can take it. Um, <clears throat> but look, looking for him, looking him for him in the future, understanding that um, being thankful is not him fulfilling all of your plans, but it's him fulfilling his plans and your desire to be part of that story. This is living a thankful life. 
And as I was thinking through this, how what, when we share about thankfulness, what do we say? Um, I found this passage in Second, uh, I'm sorry, in Colossians two, not Second Colossians. That's not a thing. Colossians two, okay, seven. And I put this on the screen because I just wanted you to uh, read this with me. And I'm going to turn around because my eyes aren't working that good either. Um, Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. This says thankfulness is a sign of maturity. How you've grown in the Lord, have you learned to trust him? And what we say here is we want everyone to be fully alive in Christ. We want you to grow up and that the evidence that that is taking place is a thankful life. Because the more you see the Lord, the more you see what he's doing, the more you're recognizing the glory and the sacrifice of Jesus, you're moved to thankfulness. So that's my prayer for us as today we ponder thankfulness, that you will be seeking to see what the Lord is doing in whatever situation, that you be striving after him and seeking him with all that you have. Though I wake to a world with more questions than answers, where dissonant voices ignite division, my heart will stand firm in this decision. I choose thankful. Though I walk through a landscape that is uncharted and foreign, where the once familiar seems lost and forgotten, I will remember that nothing is unexpected to my Father in heaven. Though I live each day uncertain of tomorrow, I will accept that tomorrow was never certain and cherish every chance to witness the wonder of creation. I choose faith in what is unseen, hope for a future beyond the adversity, love spoken despite animosity. I choose to believe. And though the struggles I face may be painful, Though I fall a thousand times covered in the dust of failure, I am able to rise. Not because I am strong, not because life is perfect, but because in all circumstances, Jesus lives. When this world stands perplexed and demands I give a reason for the hope that I have, I can only say that in Jesus' name, I choose thankful. It's not an easy choice, but it is the only choice that brings calm in the storm. Not by my power, but through the strength of Christ alone. I choose thankful. Good morning, Cross family. Uh, My name is Rick. I'm the pastor of Student Ministries, and uh, Tim asked Dustin and I to share a little bit about what we've learned uh, over the season, a few things we're thankful for, and so I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, first, to get started, uh, honestly, the thing that I'm most thankful for is that things haven't gotten as bad as, as I was afraid they were going to when COVID first started. 
Um, when the toilet paper started flying off the shelves, I was like, well, that's no big deal. I'm creative. I can cope, okay? But uh, if food starts not showing up, that's going to be a problem. And so the fact that we don't have a big fort on campus, the Cross Loganville Fortress for all of us where we share food and guard the walls with guns and stuff, I'm quite happy it didn't go there. So, um, But uh, uh, in this season, Kara and I, our family has experienced a ton of change all at once. We moved into our first house, um, which is a blessing. Uh, our third child arrived uh, a few weeks ago. He's at home right now with uh, his mom and brothers and sisters. And I told the little guy I'd be mentioning him in church today, and he didn't bat an eye. He's extremely calm. Uh, we're blessed by that. But um, <laughs> so uh, one big thing that uh, we've kind of adjusted to is the new amount of necessities, demands, things that we have to figure out with the new house, with the new kid. Uh, Jesse Cash asked me a few weeks ago, how you doing? And I said, great. I feel like I'm cleaning all the time. Like that's what life is right now is just cleaning. And it wasn't a complaint. It's just it has caused us to slow down quite a bit. And uh, if you'll do some reflecting, I'm sure you'll recall all of the ways you have been forced to slow down with covid um, our options being cut short a few months ago, um, things just priorities being shifted and, and uh, reshuffled and everything. And a few weeks ago, Kara said, do you remember what we said our phrase of the year was in January, or our, our word of the year, the, the phrase that guides the whole year for us? And I said, I have absolutely no idea. It's been a whirlwind. I don't know what's, what day it is, you know. And she says, our, our phrase of the year was the relentless elimination of hurry. And I, I thought, that's crazy. God sent COVID just to keep, I'm just kidding. I said, that's, that's crazy that we were that prepared for this, right? That, we, that is something that we really care about. It's, it's from the title of a book that uh, phrase, the ruthless elimination of hurry, which is borrowed from a Dallas Willard quote, where a pastor asks him, what is the biggest threat to the spiritual life? Like, what's the biggest challenge to the life we have in Christ? And Willard takes some time and he says, hurry is, is the biggest challenge. And the pastor is totally unimpressed with this. And he says, okay, well, what else? Willard thinks for a second. He says, there is nothing else. Like, that's, that is the big uh, uh, challenge to the spiritual life. And as Kara and I had begun to slow down, the more and more we realized that that's so true. Um, Willard would say you can't love in a hurry any more than you can sleep in a hurry, right? And I'm sure we can all recall the worst times of our lives when we've been at our worst. It's been when we were in a hurry. And so I'm thankful for the pace we've got at home, um, cleaning stuff, playing with the kids, really, really paying attention to the time going by. And uh, most of, and with this, and this fits with embracing the unexciting parts of life as a real gift, um, I am thankful, uh, and I mean this in the most substantial way, I am seriously thankful for the human ability to be thankful. Um, and I'm not saying that we have things to be thankful for. I don't mean that. I mean the lens of thankfulness that we can have, a way of interpreting the world that shows us that everything in life, there is a blessing in there somewhere. There's a gift in there somewhere. Um, when I was in college, uh, years 18 to 22, I had a lot of depression issues. I was really trying to figure out a lot of life. 
and came across a book called Man's Search for Meaning, written by a, uh, a long time ago, but it was a, a Jewish psychologist named Viktor Frankl. And so he's a successful psychologist, and then he ends up being put in a concentration camp. He doesn't know if his family is surviving or not. It turns out most of them did pass away. But in this hopeless situation, in this, I mean, just dark, dark situation, he decided that he would just spend his time with the lens of the psychologist. He's going to try to study human behavior, see who copes, uh, see who's, who's going to make this, uh, make it out of this alive, and who becomes more bitter, and if there's anyone who flourishes, who is that? What's going on? And he has this one day that's particularly bad, where the guards beat him up extra bad, and he's extra hungry and extra full of despair. And in there, he realizes, he says... Uh, he realizes the last of human freedoms is to choose what your mind will dwell upon. It's the one, I mean, he has no freedom. His body is not under his control. They'd pull out their, their gold teeth. I mean, like, it was bad in these places. And he says, the one thing I control, no matter what the law or form of government is or whatever, is what I choose to put my mind on, how I respond to a situation. And gratitude is even, I think, better than that. Because gratitude, you can't hold it in your hand, right? Gratitude is not a thing that you pay attention to. It's a lens by which you see the world. Say it's something like night vision goggles where everything lights up, right? With gratitude, uh, we can be reminded that all is a miracle. This life is an absolute miracle. And even better, there is someone to thank for it. Uh, one of my favorite stories when it comes to gratitude is about a, a young woman lived many, many years ago, born and raised in the church, had kind of a separation from the Lord. She just kind of drifted, ends up having a child. Um, the, you know, the, the man took off. And she's in the fourth month of this kid's life. She's up in the middle of the night rocking the baby back to sleep. And all of a sudden, this moment, she just notices what a, what a beautiful kid this is and is overcome with gratitude. I mean, she just is overwhelmed by this, just filled with joy. And a few moments later, she's filled with this sense of dread because she felt like she doesn't know who she can thank for this. And to the person who, who loves God, uh, who's, he's, he's developing Christ-likeness Christ within us, we have the option uh, to thank the Lord for uh, the blessings that he's given us. And so I think this is a lot of the stuff I've taken away from this season so far. Here's Dustin. <clears throat> For me, it has been just an incredible season of continuing to rely on the Lord through all of it. Uh, you know, as you go through, we would look at and we would see how, um, you know, the culture looks at what's going on the world would say this has happened or that has happened. Um, there's so many voices. I, I remember even back in April and May, uh, sitting down as staff together and just saying, you know, what is truth? And even the series Tim did on that, just talking about what truth is. And the one part that has not uh, faded, has not failed, is the Word of God. You know, and, and I love First Thessalonians 4. Uh, many of you guys know it, 16 through 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And as I've been thinking through that, 
uh, I've been thinking through different situations, been thinking through uh, the way that things have happened, been thinking through how it's affected people. And I go back and I think and I, and, and I wonder, I pose this question, what if, what if God allowed this to happen because he was not caught off guard? God was not taken by surprise by this. He knew 2020 was coming. He knew what was going to be going on. But what if God allowed, okay, allowed these things to happen in order to, like Rick was saying, slow us down? What if we allowed it to happen to force us to slow things down? I think about what a normal spring would look like for my family. Uh, with school going on, everybody going in different directions. We have two playing baseball. We have uh, every night of the week we have things going on. We have church on other nights that we're not, you know, doing things. We have all the different, uh, just, just the chaos and the busyness that goes along with life. And I think back and I, I think about this spring and I think about just the pause that happened. What if the Lord said, you know what, the busyness that you guys have created with everything you have going on in your world needs to have a little bit of a reset button? Because it's when that little reset button gets hit that you start thinking through and you start figuring out what is the most important, the most crucial what are the things that are going to take the highest priority? And I can think back of, man, just some incredible time with my family, incredible time with friends, incredible time with our staff here as we would sit in the cafe, separated out, trying to figure out what is going on and how we will work through this. Every week we would have multiple meetings of planning and scheduling and talking through and checking on each other. And the other part that has been so meaningful that I'm, I'm very thankful for is just the friends that I have, the community that I have, the, the, the people that we can do life with. And you have to remember that. You have to value that. You have to cherish that. I lost one of my really, really good friends about a year ago, Christmas. I think back and I, I think through this year and during these times, man, how incredible would it have been to have him around, to be able to do some great things together while we couldn't go out anywhere else. And the Lord uses that to remind me, you have a lot of others that are still here. What will you do with the time you have with the ones you still have around you to do life with? And so I challenge you as we enter into the season of Thanksgiving and the season of remembrance and the season of, of Christmas and this joy of the holidays and everything that goes along with it, don't take for granted the time and the gift that you have. Because it says right here, give thanks in any and all, all circumstances. 
For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you're following after him, when you're living your life for him, he's going to give you the opportunity to be able to share that with others. And that's what fellowship is. That's what thankfulness is. That gratitude like Rick talked about of saying, I know this is not because of me. And in our world, we have gotten to that place where so often we are looking and saying, it is all about me. What if God hit that reset button to say, stop and remember me. Pause and remember me. You can't control any of these things, but none of this is without farther enough away from my hands being able to control it. I am still in control. For that, I am thankful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be able to even take some time today to reflect and even over this last week to think through and over the last several months to slow down and to be thankful for us not being in control. But, Father, you are for giving us incredible friends that we can do life with, incredible family that we can cherish and do life with. Father, thank you so much and most of all for your word that does not change. For it will stay the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I hope, whether it's in just a regular journal or your Ephesians journal you've been going through, I hope you've spent some time over the last days just kind of pausing and pondering and reflecting and just writing down a few things. All right, this is straight from the heart as Nick shared and as Rick and Dustin shared. I do think a lot of us have pondered this thought from the time Barb and I Hannah and Caleb, we were out in Arizona, and it's like, we're going to shut this thing down. And I remember I was out doing leadership training with the Royals, and uh, we're shutting it down. I don't know for how long. And so Barb and I, kids, we took off, made our way up to the Red Rocks, made our way up through Flagstaff, went to the Grand Canyon, and we're just hanging out at the canyon on a beautiful Sunday morning. Sun's coming up, beautiful. And Dayton called, and he, he's like, you need, you, you need to get your family out of Arizona. So, all right, we're going to hang out here, but we're going to shoot back down the mountain and try to get a flight out of here in the morning. Did we drive? Did we fly? But in the midst of all this, tell me if you've thought this. Is this really as bad as they say it is? And I think some people have gotten caught there, trapped there in regards to whether it's media, whether it's CDC, HWO, whatever. And, and for so many people, their focus has been, is this as bad as they say it is? Instead of, instead of 
allowing ourselves to wake up early in the morning and focus in on this thought, is God really as good as he says he is? Because I think the message that has been kind of bombarded all of us has been looking at how bad and how crazy. So things get shut down. Then we have the George Floyd situation. Then we have rioting taking place. Right? Then you've got Black Lives Matter, the push, and everything that's going on inside of our nation right now. This is the year we, we've lived. We've had healing in areas. We've had harshness toward law enforcement people. We, we've seen such polar extremes in 2020. And I personally have refused to watch any media because the truth is I don't trust any of them to be totally clean in their representation of what's going on. But it has caused us, as Rick said, and it's caused me those early mornings. This is the story I'll tell. I was sitting back with Kevin and Amy and I said, I started listening to that song weeks ago from Maverick City Music and I played that song every morning as I sat there diving into the Word just hanging out with Jesus. I'm like, this is the story I'm going to tell. The story I'm going to tell is going to be the faithfulness of God. The story I'm going to tell is going to be the goodness of God. The story I'm going to tell is my God has not changed. My God is still in control. That's the story I'm going to tell. Even in the midst of adversity, uncertainty, tension, what, what story are you going to tell? I'm going to tell the story that my God does not fail. He's good. What story are you going to tell? How, how, how is your spiritual life and spiritual growth matured over the last nine months? What are the habits and disciplines that you've created to enhance your walk with the king? Seriously. I mean, that's what I've been pondering. Is God really as good as he claims he is, or is this world really going to hell in a handbasket? Who are you listening to? Who has the superior voice? We go through all of that, then we get into the election, and then we get into the chaos. And we, This has been one of the hardest years for all of us to navigate through. But... Circumstances never, circumstances never make us. They just reveal us. And the separation of people that are really pressing into the Lord versus those that have been overcome just with the, the turmoil in culture, we're all getting exposed. We're all getting exposed. We sit there at the table on Thanksgiving Day. We sent out a text, and this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Really, this is a really good thing. I get burnt out on turkey. Whoever said that's what you've got to have on Thanksgiving Day, I, 
I, I remember the debate when we first got married. Barb was like, what kind of cake would you like for your birthday? I don't like cakes. I like pies. I would rather have a pecan pie. I grew up in the South. I'm, but I don't know who said you've got to do certain things this way. Uh, maybe Emily Post. I don't know. Was never a fan of that either. So, so here's the deal, though. So we sent the kids a note. We're not going the turkey route. So Barb goes over to this uh, restaurant depot place or whatever. She buys a 16-pound uh, ribeye loin. Praise the Lord. Got enough money to buy a loin or whatever. Cut those things up, those ribeyes, into one-pound steaks, and we had steaks on Thanksgiving Day. Come on. That sounds a lot better than a turkey, don't it? Neil, I should have invited you over. But as we sat there, here's the thing. All, all five of our kids are there. Jesse and Benji had their wives, Kelsey and Grace, and little Cedar, our grandson, was there. We always pick up a few other people along the way that need a place to do Thanksgiving. So the table is pretty packed. But it was like, what are you thankful for? And for me, there's so many things. So many things. But I was like, you know, Blake, this is huge for me right here. I'll be 58 here in a few weeks. I was like, Barb, do you know how cool it is that your mom and dad's still alive? Your mom turned 78 yesterday. Barb's dad's 93. Dennis, you know how hard that is going into your first Thanksgiving. It's hard. But I said, man, my, my mom and dad are still living. And not only are they living, mentally they're all still firing pretty well. Physically, they might not be able to walk and move as well as maybe they want. But I'm like, I'm, I'm thankful that I get to call my mom and say, hey, happy Thanksgiving, how are you doing? I'm thankful to look at all my kids around the table. I'm thankful to see Hannah 50, 55 pounds heavier than she was, Sandy, when she had IVs and ports in her at the Mayo Clinic. And I'm like, look at her flourishing. Look at Caleb flourishing. Look at Barb. I mean, Barb's so beautiful. But you just sat there and you choose to give thanks. Rick, when you said that, you and Dustin, gratitude is the lens in which we should view life, right? And, and gratitude drives us to live generous lives. This is crazy to me. This does not make sense whatsoever. Mom, who you got coming over for Thanksgiving? She's like, your sister Christy's coming over. Her son Justin, he's coming over. Adam and his wife, Azalee's coming over. But Adam's ex-wife, Cindy, and her boyfriend's coming over. And I'm sitting there listening and his ex-wife's former, his former mother-in-law is coming over. She goes, we love them. They, they, they love us. I started thinking about that, Liz. I'm like, here my mom is living a life of gratitude and generosity, saying, I know on paper that don't make sense, but we're all going to sit around the table and love on each other. 
It's like a few weeks ago, Dallas is overdoing communion, and he goes, how many people do you know bring their ex-wife in with their new husband and do communion with them? I said, you love people. But we do, Amy. We choose to give thanks. We choose to show gratitude. We choose to live generous lives. Here's something for me, Andrew, as I've thought through this year. You go back, things get shut down. It's like, all right, what is this going to look like? How, how, how do we minister? How do we try to encourage people? What do we do? Can I tell you one of the things that has blessed me so greatly this year? Spencer is the generosity of our people. Our people have been generous. Not only by giving and staying faithful to the Lord with their financial resources here. It's like, are we going to be able to keep the lights on around here? How's this going to look? People are people going to panic? Or, or, or is cash flow going to dry, dry, just dry up for so many of us, Drew? And our people have stayed faithful to the Lord. Some have taken hits. Richard, some have lost jobs and got new jobs. It's been hard. But I'm so proud of our people to say, we're going to stay faithful to the Lord. I mean, giving is not an option. It, it, it's who we are. We're people of gratitude. We're people of generosity. And I've looked at that over the years, and I've sat there in the morning as I prayed and just, Lord, thank you for our people. Thank you that we really do have a body of believers, Mark, that really desire to honor God. Thank you that even during the time of being shut down, that our online stuff actually has done to me. Ashley has been as strong on our team this year as anybody on our team with, with what she's done. The way she puts together online services. Rager is leading worship at a church up in Greenville, but he was sitting there Friday and he goes, y'all's online platform is unreal. And, and it's a reflection of having people on camera, having people like Dwayne on sound, but what Ashley puts together every week, Nick having to go in and remix music so it sounds right online. Rick, our team has really worked together. We've tried to figure out how to do it, but Ashley, your work has been unreal. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for what you've done. I think one of the healthiest things we can do, honestly, we have that opportunity, as Dustin said. I'll never forget when Coach died last year. And I, I went over there that afternoon. There was a problem, and I knew there was a problem. And by the time I got to Dustin's house, his daughter was there. They didn't know what was going on, his sons. And Dustin come driving up. I'm like, are you okay? And he goes, Coach died. Coach was like his mentor. Coach was like his best friend. Him and Coach had, had spent all these years together. When Dustin bought the house that he did, his property would back up to Coach's property. And when he gets there, Coach had built a fire, and he was doing whatever right around Christmas. And he, he had fallen, whether he had stroked or heat stroke or heart attack or something, and he had fallen right there on the edge of the fire. And Dustin is the one that went down and found him there. And I was like, man, what a tough... And seeing Dustin do that funeral. But what he said was worth taking to heart. When you sent me that note 
like yesterday or the day before. It meant so much to me, Blake. Thank you for doing that. Because like apples of gold on settings of silver is a kind word spoken in the right circumstance. And it's easy to get mad and pissed off and frustrated and irritated or whatever word you want to use with people. But it's also right and easy to send a note to say, hey, I'm thinking about you today. Just want you to know I love you. Just want you to know what you mean to me. And, and we, we have that opportunity, as Dustin said. He can't do that with Coach anymore. Man, he's gone. He, he's, I'm going to see him again, but he's gone. And, and back to my buddy Dennis, I mean, it, I don't know what it's like to sit at the table for the first Thanksgiving without the wife of 50 years that you've shared life with. I don't know what that's like. But let's even become more strategic Glenn, let's become more strategic and intentional of, of sending each other just a note. When somebody's on our heart, Neil, we know this does so much good for us. Hey, man, I love you, thinking of you. Here's what I'm praying for you today. Do that. Step into that space, right? And, and, and let's focus on what we have, the goodness of God, instead of focusing on what we don't have. I was pondering the story of the little boy that had the fish and the few loaves of bread, and the disciples was like, Pfft. I mean, there's 5,000 plus people. I mean, he, he just got a few fish and a few loaves of bread. Tell them to go home, and Jesus says, just bring it here. And it says, and Jesus took the fish and the loaves, and giving thanks, giving thanks, he broke it and fed everyone. The disciples were focusing on what they didn't have. Jesus chose to focus on what they did have. And I think when cars are blowing up and washing machines are going down the tubes and the lawnmower don't work and the dishwasher's fried, computer needs a new hard drive, phone's not working, those things don't even really, I mean, if we really got gut level honest, we don't even need that crap anyway. You know what I'm saying? Stop. Just get that. What, what do you have? Hey, I got an extra piece of chicken. Come on and eat with me. Let's give thanks. An attitude of gratitude. Let's focus on what we have instead of what we don't have. And let's focus on how good God is is instead of how bad what we think life is and let's choose to think that it's in the midst of affliction and be impressed that our faith matures and the gospel is able to go forth even with more power because we're not trusting ourselves we're trusting god hey thank you so much for watching the message uh, we hope that you really pulled some things out of it and just know that our desire is for every person, whether you ever step in this building or not, to become fully alive in Christ. Yeah, we want to see you committed to Christ. We would love to see you connected to others in a small group. And we believe it's important to uh, become a contributing member to the body of Christ through uh, sharing your faith, uh, as well as financially investing in the work of God. That's right. And so we pray that you're growing, that you're striving forward. There's so many resources on the website 
can watch past messages, hear testimonies from people. And we pray that you utilize those. And we hope to see you on a Sunday morning. Hey, make it a great day and enjoy uh, the abundant life in Christ.